Stephen, I've got the weight of the world of supporting You Can't Disappoint a Podcast on my shoulders, and I thought maybe, just maybe, to lighten the load on my back, we could give our fellow listeners and enjoyers of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast some ways to help us out. What do you think? Well, I'm not normally in the habit of lightening the load on your back, but, you know, if people want to help us, they sure can. How can they do that, Zach? The first way is to support us on Patreon. If you like what we do here and want to help us take it further and get all kinds of extra content, give us money at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. If you don't want to bear the brunt of our debt, you can appreciate the fruit that we bear to you by going and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Yelp, Google Chrome podcast <laughs> reviewer or whatever you can. And that's going to help us get seen. And the more people see us, the more that we want to be seen and the more that we see you. You can also hang out with us on social media every week over on Facebook, Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast, and Twitter at You Can't Disappod. Also, go ahead and give a subscribe and thumbs up to our YouTube channel where we also post the podcast every week. If you want to hold our hands as we walk down this community memory lane, you should shoot us an email over at Can't Disappoint Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us your MVP, your favorite funniest moment, and trivia for the episode we're about to record, and we'll read it live on the air yeah we don't do the show live but nice try buddy <laughs> thanks for supporting us and let's get into this week's podcast there's only one explanation i belittled my father's good name for a prank and his ghost has returned to scold me and probably butcher you guys for going along with it you think hiding in this room is going to keep you safe ghosts can't go through doors stupid they're not fire <laughs> I find it very season four of us that we're doing this Halloween episode today. It is December second, twenty twenty one, that we're recording this. I'm not very, I'm not very much in the spooky spirit at all. I must admit. Ooh, the scariest day is the one you don't expect. And it's even more season four, so I'll bring it up again later. But these episodes that we're talking about didn't air anywhere near Halloween. <laughs> this episode no. aired on Valentine's Day. Nice. It aired the February after the October it was supposed to, so it feels very connected to be doing this episode when we're doing it. You know, we're just trying to stay true to the source material, Zach. Welcome to You Can't Disappoint, a podcast. Everyone, we're glad you're here. I hope you made it okay. I hope you found a good place to park. I, I hope your 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 family is well. Steven, how are you? I'm doing well. I guess well. we should introduce I... ourselves. Yeah, go I for it. He, he doesn't to care, care about you for it's this fine. segment of the podcast, just because it's, <laughs> it's part of the format. You know, I have to. Yeah, uh, Stephen, sure. how are you? Then I zone out for fifteen to thirty seconds, and then. <laughs> so this week. <laughs> Hi, I'm Zach, and I'm here to help heal your heart hole. Aw. Hi, I'm Stephen, and aha, but not aha that your dad is dead. <laughs> just aha. <laughs> My dad's not dead. Well, that's why. As far as I know, at least, I guess. Have you called and him lately, Zach? Speaking of our dad, let's start off the top of the show with, before we'll say hi to our patrons in a second, but the man, the myth, the legend, our community, Papa, at Communities on Twitter, I he's not dead. He's very much alive. He's very much a part of our lives, and he's very much our biological father. Uh, we love the man. Mm -hmm. And I haven't called him in a while. 
Well, I, I I interacted with him on the Twitter sphere yeah. um, recently because he's been posting a lot of community trivia uh, with the hashtag WinDevilDean, mm-hmm. and I want to win that terrifying piece of memorabilia. What are you talking about? There have been some <laughs> images surfacing uh, on the internet that there could be something that's been teased. Uh-huh. Did he did he post it a picture? Yeah, a picture it's been posted. It? Yeah. Okay, because I remember it was secret at first. We got the inside scoop because he's our pops. Right. Uh, but there's this like it's part Etsy of our made like custom Funko Pop uh-huh. that's the Dean in his Lady Gaga like devil costume. And you're and trying to win it. I want to win it. Like I don't know if I can win it because I'm like his son. And, yeah. But he doesn't think of me you that want a way. Chance. Right. So, so I think it, <laughs> in this. Yeah, Instant. and I don't know if you have to get, like, all the trivia correct, because there's no way that'll happen, but I've sure. answered a few. I hadn't even seen the questions. What did you have to answer? Um, it was, like, what character is in every episode, but talks in every episode, but one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which like, is uh, uh, Jeff and Rome. Annie. Just Britta. Je- well, Jeff and Annie are in and speak in every episode. Yeah, I said talks in every episode, but one. Britta. Chose the wrong time to tune out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Britta doesn't like, talk. Um, and what Abed season did the Dean become a season regular Three. or series regular? Yeah, I got that one. I'm uh, really glad that you know the answer to some of these. And you're like, yeah, I knew that. I knew that. We talk about this shit That's every why I know. Week. Um, <laughs> there are some other ones too, but there, there are so many questions and I'm just not on it enough. You know what the problem is? I don't have Pops notifications turned on. Mm. Well, shout out to the pops. You got to put those notifications on mm-hmm. because one of these days he's slap gonna be that like button, for, ring the bell to get notifications. To come to his side, and we'll never, never know that it happened. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll thanks, Dad, for all the support, for sharing our show every week, and for keeping the community fandom thriving. We love you for it. And shout out to our patrons over at Patreon.com/slash Can't Disappoint Podcast. It's a new month, December. At the beginning of the month is a great time to sign up for Patreon because no matter when you sign up, the next month they'll charge you at the beginning of the month. So it's good to start at the beginning of the month. And we've always got all kinds of stuff going on over there at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. And we want to give a special shout out to Mary Baker Budisa, Brian Thurman, Danny M. Lugo, and Taylor Ace. All people we love very much. Thanks, guys. If you want to have your name read like those superstars, become a patron over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Is that it? Is that the right? Yeah, that was it. You got it. Wow, nice. It's always There's only like two variations. It's literally everything is that, and Mm -hmm. then our Twitter is something else. But yet it still seems to be a struggle for you to remember. Every time I'm I'm worried about what it what it will be. Welcome to the show everyone. Uh this is the, Steven and I took a little bit of a recording break for Thanksgiving. So it's mm-hmm. been 2 weeks since we've recorded uh and we're shaking off the rust a little bit and I don't know man. Now I'll, I'll, I'll let me get into character. So how are you? How have you been these last 2 weeks that we haven't been talking at all or I haven't even thought of you? <laughs> For the last 14 <laughs> days. Um, you know, it was good, Zach. It was uh, a lot of traveling, doing things. You know, I went to my first Bulls game here cool. in Chicago. Oh, yeah. That, that, sound, that looked really fun. Yeah, it was cool. It was a really good time. There were some, like, seriously yummy nachos there. <laughs> nice. Um, what made them special? 
there was just a lot. It was like chicken tinga nachos with like jalapenos. Oh, so like really like decked up nachos, yeah. not just like your typical ballpark. I was impressed. Movie uh, I have to say, so thing. I've been to a Bears game and a Bulls game pretty recently. Okay. Um, the Bears game, I ended up getting like really nice tickets that were like on the 50-yard line really close. Cool. Um, but it was a chilly day outside, um, so that does c- kind of factor in, but it was a good game, but the Bears lost. Um, and I'll say the food there was was good because it was like a football game. Woo, hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and beer. And the like beer classics. was colder because it was cold, you know. Okay. Or but at the United Center, the food was a little bit better, I will say. Um, and it was indoors. But my seats were not anywhere near as good. Hmm. Um, and the beer wasn't quite as cold because you were inside. Um, but overall, really good experiences at both. I recommend it to anyone who likes going to sports games. And they're, uh, at the United Center, you have to show either a vaccination card or a proof of negative test to get in, and that's pretty darn cool. Are you seeing that in other places in Chicago, too, or is it mainly just, like, the big touristy Mainly stops? at, like, concerts and, like, sports games. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think so, too. It makes me feel a lot better being at these places with so many people there. Yeah. That everyone there at least, like, at the very least either tested negative for covid or um has, has the funds vaccinated. and means to go get a fake vaccine yeah <laughs> has been vaccinated i don't people are i you know people on the internet are like oh it's so easy to go get a fake one i have never been offered a fake one nor i feel like it's I... way easier to get vaccinated and to yeah get one and cheaper just go do it <laughs> yeah just go do it mm-hmm Thanksgiving was good. It was another small one. Uh, didn't Zach, how was, how was your everybody. Thanksgiving? Did you have a good time? Sorry uh, for know, not asking. As a podcaster, I can just start talking about myself and it's accepted. <laughs> so I don't... I, I, could, I could really run this thing without you, Stephen, if you just want You don't need to be prompted. You, well, since people... I know that you think otherwise, but since people uh, uh, don't see the video of us recording this, they won't know that Stephen leaves for 20-minute portions of the podcast i do to go catch up and watch the episode real quick and i just throw in some yes and some mm-hmm and some uh absolutely's and that's me and that that's your show folks thanks for joining us on this yeah my thanksgiving edition. was good uh, we didn't see everybody this year but food was always great i saw more friends this year it was really fun uh and i love having a uh, partner that now lily and i have done this like three times together and it, it's fun to build those types of uh, of new traditions with each other. But I did want to mention the movie that we watched last night because it's kind of stuck with me today. We just watched Tick, Tick, Boom on Clifford, Netflix. Clifford the Big Red Dog. Yes, Clifford the Big Red Dog changed me. <laughs> no, we watched Tick, Tick, Boom on Netflix, and I highly suggest that you go check it out. Even if you're not a fan of musicals, even if you don't know anything about the story of it, uh, it it's really good. It's really relatable and it's the story of the broadway writer who went on to write rent and who also went on to die at 35 right before rent opened and changed the world and that's not really what the movie's about and i think it's the better for it but it makes it all the more poignant because the movie is about jonathan larson at 30 trying to write this big musical or like finish this big musical before a workshop performance of it that's supposed to like change his career and that show ended up not being produced ever and being kind of shelved and the movie like tick tick boom is about how he writes all these songs about just feeling the sense of like 
time is ticking and ticking and at at the end it blows up and like there's only so much time that you have and he in the movie he's about to turn 30 and it's about like him all of the great artists have done so many things before they turn 30 and and him feeling like he has to finish this big thing before he turns 30 and when you add that to the knowledge that he only had five years left and in that five years he wrote like the broadway musical of all time in a way and another thing, there's a layer of the movie, there's a big connection with Stephen Sondheim to the movie. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Sondheim, who is probably the greatest, uh, I've never really gone on big musical theater rants. For people who don't know, I'm a big musical theater guy. It's I just true. don't talk about it that much. Stephen Sondheim's probably the musical theater god. He's like the musical theater Shakespeare. He he is the Sin best. Sin the Clowns, which I know is not like his best song or anything, is one of my favorite songs of but all time. But Sweeney Todd, mm-hmm. uh, the West Side Story. Uh, so many classics that he has written the music for and so many songs that you know without knowing musical theater that are Sondheim. He just passed away. He was 91. Uh, he was a huge inspiration. And he, like, was a mentor to Jonathan Larson. When Jonathan Larson was younger, he w- uh, Stephen Sondheim, like, found him and was, like, the person who was, like, working with him to, like, make his stuff better. And so the movie has this not only about this artist that died too young, but it also has this connection to an artist who we just lost. Mm-hmm. And there's even a, a voice cameo from the actual Steven Sondheim. Oh, wow. It just, just was, I don't know. It's a really great movie. It's made me feel a lot of things about being creative and just about being alive in general. And I totally suggest you go watch it. Really good. Good stuff. Good times. Yeah, I'm excited to check it out. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about something that I can't praise as much as Tick, Tick, Boom. We're here to talk about the next episode of this television program that we love so much, Community. We're talking about season four, episode two, Paranormal Parentage. It's season four, episode two, Our Journey Continues. We're going to see how this goes. Last week was rocky. It was a bit of a mess. It was not the best episode of television we'd ever watched. No. And it was, it was, no, that's, that's putting it lightly. <laughs> it was not great. I I know you liked week, it more than I did, but yeah. p- saying it, it wasn't the best episode of television we've ever watched is putting it lightly. Now, now I, I will say, I think that this week is an improvement from yes, last week. I will say that. Sure. And we're, we're going to get all into it. It's paranormal. Parentage. It was directed by Tristram Shapiro. He also directed last week's episode. I think he has the most directing credits of the entire series. He's a great man. It was also written by the great Megan Gans, who previously wrote Cooperative Calligraphy, Intermediate Documentary Filmmaking, Documentary Filmmaking Redux, Basic Lupine Neurology, some really, really heavy hitters. And then after this, she only writes one more episode, unfortunately, which is the season four finale, Advanced Introduction to Finality. And the episode originally aired on Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2013. Hey, happy Valentine's Day, Zach. Happy Hall. I even remember when they aired this episode because the episode, the the season was supposed to premiere in October and it didn't, which Mm -hmm. meant October 19th. And then they pushed it back to the beginning of February the following year. Uh, and this episode, they tried to, like, make it work. And I remember they had – you know how TV shows will have, like, themed hashtags that showed yeah. on the screen throughout? This was still kind of the beginning of it when they'd make whole, like, graphics out of it and stuff. And I think they tried to make, like, hashtag, like, Valloween nice. happen. I don't think it happened. I don't know. <laughs> 
But yeah, it's the episode premiered on Valentine's day. day, which is very strange. Let's do some trivia. Let's see what we learned from this week's episode. I've got a spooky four. episode of trivia, Zach. A creepy crawly trivia. What's what's that creepy crawly flavor of act trivia that we're sponsored by today? Mmm. Let's see. Ooh. I've got one too. This is unblessed soil. It's oh. interesting. It's a. Uh, Earthy. Got actual maggots in it. That's mm. a, a bold take. Protein. Um, it kind of tastes like that great ant that passed away that you never met. <laughs> That's kind of the taste I know all too one. well. <laughs> uh, yeah, mine. It's funny you say maggots. There's kind of a a, 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 a continued. What well, I'm bad at words sometimes. It's kind of a connective tissue here to your flavor. I've got a, a, a cup full of spiders. Ah, my nightmare. Just crunchy spider legs. Yikes. In a vanilla Greek yogurt. Nothing scares me more than that concept. I will ask that that not be sent to me. I appreciate our sponsors over at Actrivia. Yes. Um, but, yeah. Find us at the, the back of the Jonesville Rite Aid, where we'll be selling <laughs> all these creepy crawly flavors all December. Yeah, come find us. Uh, take a picture and post the hashtag creepy crawlgurt, um, and you can be entered in a chance to win one free case of a flavor of your choosing. No, they don't get to choose. <laughs> While supplies A flavor left. of our choosing. <laughs> we hope mm. you like shards of glass. <laughs> we've got so much of it to get rid of. I've got four questions. I've got five. Okay, go ahead. Um, what coincided with Pierce's purchase of his panic room? Uh, the theatrical release of Do the Right Thing. Nice. Correct. What round is Ring Girl Dean announcing the start of? Ooh. Four? No, it's round one. Round one. Dang. Mm, I thought it was tripping me up. I'm going to get him. Um, <laughs> under what circumstances does not taking Abed out of your sight go double? That's, uh, that's one of my questions. Uh, haunted houses and wax museums. Uh, wrong! Whoa, what? I thought you said holidays and wax museums. We'll find out. Maybe I we'll am We'll find wrong. out. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out. Oh, we'll find we, out. You know damn well we'll have well forgotten <laughs> by the time we get to that part of the episode. Um, I'll give you another one. Yeah. What is the panic room code? I don't know. It's like 119 something. Not quite, but I'm going to give you another go. You said something that was correct. Was it just the one? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I, I, another go. That was the best I had. It's not going to get better if I... <laughs> 1989 was the code. Okay. Um, what happened do you have in left? 1989? Uh, the release of Do the Right Thing. Same date. Mm-hmm. He was really worried about that. Yeah. Okay, I've got... Two left. How many stops are on the guided tour Troy had to learn before moving into Hawthorne Manor? 39? 27. Ah. Ooh. You idiot. I know. Um, what is spray painted on the portrait of Pierce's dad in the main foyer? Liar. Yes, correct. And I like how they never call attention to it or explain it. Like, no. was it vandalized by someone else? Did Was, was it, it originally Pierce? made that way? Did Pierce do it? I'm sure Pierce did it since his dad has passed away. But Well, who do you think put the picture of Gilbert in the family portrait? Was that Gilbert? Was that, that was, we'll talk about that when we get to it, but that was some of the f- 
worst Photoshop I have ever seen. I thought it was supposed to be that they like taped a picture to it. Maybe. <laughs> but not just that. Already the way that they edited young Chevy and the dad and a weird I just lady assumed that's... those were just pictures that he had around his house already that he used for the show. What does Bruta find that Pierce keeps by his bed? His father's bow tie. Correct. That was the last of my questions. I've got one more for you. Um, what are Shirley's family's costumes? Okay, um, so Andre is Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, baby Ben is an Ewok. Mm-hmm. I forget what the other kids were, though. You don't remember either. No, I do know. I was waiting. I was seeing if you are going to get it. Oh, wait, it's your question. I'm already yeah. thinking ahead to the next thing. <laughs> other people's questions. I don't I don't think I know the other two. Um, so you did a good job. I know, uh, but you, I you didn't say know Shirley was kids. Leia, but that's a given. Yeah, that is um, a given. Andres Han Solo. Those boys were stormtroopers. Mm, okay. And Baby Ben was an Ewok. So now let's see what we were emailed in by our lovely fans this week. I think we've got a couple a couple slips of paper in the bag. We do. Let me just ruffle around in my big old paper sack here. Uh, okay, first one. <laughs> oh, this is from Danny, hello. one of our patrons. Um, she said, and big my fan. girlfriend. She said, "Hello, Stephen and Zach. Hi. Hope you're having a lovely day so far. Yeah. Just wanted to send this because I haven't sent anything in so long, but I still love listening to you guys every week. I wasn't Even though my Thursdays are somehow crazy busy now, I'll do my best to send trivia the night before or uh-huh. something from now on. Not today, though. Wow, thanks. Today we Sorry. got the uh-huh. or something. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I haven't seen this episode in a while, but I don't remember it being nearly as bad as History 101. Mm. Yikes to Greendale Babies. I've had the song stuck in my head the past two days and randomly sing it. It's true. Not happy about it. Um, wishing you the best of times during holiday season. Big hugs, Danny. Well, thanks, Danny, for writing it's Danny. in next It is time. Danny, right? I didn't quite... Is it Danny? Danny. Very nice to meet you. So glad you're a fan. Um, get well soon. Um, our next email is from someone who may be even dearer to our hearts and especially mm. closer to our loins. Um, our <laughs> proud papa... Um, Kamini's Matt at Kamini's over on Twitter. He says, Hi guys, this might be my favorite episode of season four. It hits all the right notes and there's very little Changnesia. To that, my MVP is Britta. Everything she says and does in the ham costume just sticks the landing. Have fun, guys. Kamini's Matt. Okay, favorite episode of season four. That's. It's too early and it's been too long since I've dove into it for me to be able to really truly react to that yet from the top of my head i think it could be in my top three potentially okay um trivia what is abed's third favorite show that's watching annie watch yeah. clear town reruns um when did pierce by the Clean. panic room um 1989 i don't remember do you remember the date i don't it was 1989 was it like july Something? I just remember Troy saying it took me so long to realize the day. Yeah, it took me date. so long to remember it. I don't remember. Um, and then why is Jeff initially uncomfortable exploring the house for Pierce's security code? Is it just because he thinks Pierce is lying or is it something more specific? I don't know. Because like, I also remember when they walk into one room, he's like, oh, I've got so much exposed skin. Yeah, that's like when he goes into Pierce's bedroom. Is that what he means? I don't know. He's like, ooh, too much. Yeah. Um, let's see the answers here. <laughs> 
Answers. See. Number one, we were correct. Watching Annie watch Cougar Town reruns. Um, the date of the Panic Room was June 30th, 1989. Uh, so I'm going to give that one to us. Because uh, <laughs> I said July. I like to err on the side of us just getting stuff yeah. right for trying. And then, you know what, Zach? He absolutely did mean that. Because the answer to number three is he has so much exposed skin. There you go. I'll Perfect take it. three for three for us there. Um, Thanks, we're the trivia kings. Thanks for joining us today, yeah. and so thank that you means again to our sponsor. He has Act to trivia. talk us into bed. Exactly. We have this little thing going that when we get most questions right, he has to give us a little tuck in, and when we don't, uh, we get a little we get a little punishment. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm a little old to be going out to pick my own switch. Now, you know, that's my favorite I just... part. I gotta say, <laughs> well, I never pick right, but it's kind of on purpose, you know. <laughs> if I pick wrong, he picks too. See, I so just that's... start with a tree branch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, thanks for writing in, Dad. All right, it's time to move on to Did Steven, Did watch, Steven the episode watch the episode this week? This week. I'm not even going to say shit. You know what it is. You know what time it is. You know what you got to do. How you feeling? Are you ready, buddy? Oh, boy. I'm going to do my best. <laughs> All right. It's time for Very Spooky. Three, two, one, go. Oh, it's Halloween, and Vicky's having a party, but Pierce isn't invited for obvious reasons. Uh-oh, Pierce is stuck in his panic room. They have to come help him, so they all go to help. Pierce is in the room. He's like, oh, I can't remember the code, so they have to look around the house for the code. They split up like Scooby-Doo. Um, Jeff and Britta talk about his daddy issues in Pierce's bedroom. Um, Annie goes with uh, da Abed, and but she loses them because he goes behind the cabinet. Ab- you got too lost on it. I did. I got uh, like five percent. You of got the a really. You did a really good start. I wouldn't say five percent. I'd say closer to fifty percent. You just didn't get the ending. Uh, yeah, I this, didn't. That you said they were all. You could have really. Okay, I, I, I don't know. Skip I don't some know. Stuff. I'm not gonna tell you what you could have done. I'm gonna grade what you did do. Mm, mm-hmm. What do you remember off the top of your head? What I said last week. You did like a C job. Last week I got like a C. C plus maybe. Mm-hmm. I think this one's maybe just a just a straight C. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not offended by it, but I'm certainly not impressed by it. Yeah. I really did start well, but I did not finish super great. So C is fair. Thank you, Zachary. You're so welcome. The other thing we've got to get out Thackery. of the way. Thank you, Thackeray Binks. Binks. Thackeray Binks. Is that the thing from Hocus Pocus, the cat? Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. seen that film once. Oh, it's good. It you once. should watch it. I like that I've one. seen it once, is what I just said. Yeah, watch it again. But I watched it for the first time as an adult, so I did not find it to be that great of a film. Ah. Uh, I saw it in the fair. movie theater. They were playing it in a movie theater, and I'd never seen it. So we went to mm. see it, and I was very bored. I'll probably watch the second one when it's they do it, It's too long. Uh, let's talk about our favorite funny moments from this episode. I will tell you right up front, I do not think this is a very funny episode. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a particularly bad episode. We'll talk about that more in a little bit. But I don't think it's really that funny either. They're kind of the same as last week. There are more things that make me, like, quiet laugh or just, like, appreciate that it's a decent joke than stuff that really made me laugh out loud like Community did before. 
so what I wrote down was I do like the first reveal of Annie as the ring girl. I mm-hmm. think that's pretty funny, the way that they shot that and the way that she hops up. And I don't know. I thought Allison sold that well. And the other thing was when they're all screaming at one point and Troy makes a big deal about, oh, I broke the remote. Do you think it's expensive? Yeah, that was funny. That made me laugh, too. What about you? Um, I thought that the Dean coming as the ring girl, I had forgotten about that. So that was pretty funny. For the, it's not my favorite Dean costume, but I liked it. I think the aha about your dad's dead, that's mm-hmm. always, you know, winning joke. I just enjoyed Britta in the ham costume in general. Yeah, that's true. Britta gets some pretty funny moments. And that's probably it as far as, like, funny moments go. I think Troy was cute in this episode. I liked Abed, too. Annie I want to say, episode, but. I wrote down a least favorite funny moment, too. Oh, what was it? Was it one of Jeff's? Yes, there was something that Jeff said in this episode that I thought was so horribly unfunny. There were like two or three jokes. It sounded like it needed a laugh track after it (laughs) when he says, and that's Abed Nadir with the late report. When he like tells them something that made me, I I watched it with Lily last night and I was like, that wasn't even my least favorite one. That was in my three that were pretty bad. Well, then you give me one since I brought one up if you remember. I'm trying to think of, I don't remember exactly what the joke is. I'll point it out when we get to it in the episode. But every time I was like, oh. What did you think of the episode this week? I think you're a little bit higher on it. So you started off. I am. So we've discussed a lot, especially recently, that I am not a big fan of season three's Halloween episode. And I've said that I like this one better. But you said it was some space behind it, but from when you had seen it last. Yeah. Uh, watching this again, I still stand by that. I don't like this one as much as I remembered it. It has some, some things that lose some points for me. If I'm only looking at the positives, though, I do enjoy the episode. I think there's some funny stuff in it. I just think it feels kind of not even half-baked because they had the whole idea. It's just nothing really comes of it. And then there's, like, the suspense is supposed to be like i don't know i think that they had an idea of what they wanted to do here but it it doesn't come out maybe as well as they hoped yeah. but i still like it better than the first episode of this season by at least a few points well that's true uh, it's miles better than the first one i think what my problem is and it's kind of similar to the issue that we had last week with the hunger deans but not anywhere near as, as mm-hmm. offensive as that was it feels like I don't know. It just feels like they're a little more unsure of the homage that they're trying to do here. Yeah. Like, it's kind of a Scooby-Doo episode, but if Community was doing a Scooby-Doo episode, it would have been a lot more Scooby-Doo than this. Well, because There's kind of gotten some to use Troy and there. Abed together more. Yeah. I just feel like they were throwing... Because they were throwing so much at the wall, both with the haunted house aspect of it and the Pierce's mansion aspect of it, mm-hmm. they threw so much at the wall that so little of it stuck... Where I think if they had been a little bit more assured in what they were trying to do with it, it wouldn't the the stuff at the end, like the the resolution of the story being typical, yeah. wouldn't have been as offensive or not offensive. I'm using that word a little too much. It wouldn't have been as uh, standout that the ending was kind of dumb if the mm-hmm. style was like epidemiology or other episodes they've done. Totally. I don't know. I don't know. This is the only Halloween episode of community that to me doesn't feel like an event episode like a special episode this one just kind of feels like another episode that happens to kind of have a halloween I, i'll agree with that yeah i i definitely will will second that i think that they like you were saying it just doesn't feel as committed epidemiology is 100 percent committed even yeah. the i mean the season three one 
is even though it's not my favorite, they're one hundred percent committed in those stories and to the thing they're doing. This and, one and is that kind one, of like yeah, yeah, I feel like the writers' room were like, okay, zombies and and the military, uh, the the virus outbreak thing. Let's throw mm-hmm. all the jokes we have at it that. But on this one, it's like they were like, okay, let's do haunted house and Pierce's house. They kind of scratch their head. Uh, let's have them split off like Scooby Doo and do like, th- and they don't even do a classic like the rooms thing. No, like a Scooby Doo sequence where they're like chasing the bad guy around a room or whatever. The doors. I yeah, feel like there was they, no chase. And then they were like, "Let's kind of make it clue and do this like map aspect that doesn't really have much to do with it either." I don't it know. Kind of comes in at a weird time in the episode and is used like two or three more times, but it's yeah. But let's see if I can think of some positives though. I do like Troy a lot more in this episode. I thought Troy was really out of character last week, and and this week there were quite a few moments. There were a few kind of weird line deliveries from Donald, I thought, but there were uh, a lot more that felt like classic Troy. Um, Same with Britta. I thought Britta was really great, and the tiny bit of Troy and Britta in this episode at least made me laugh a little bit more than Mm -hmm. what last week's did. Um, I think... Jeff has some really annoying lines in this one, but his arc in this episode is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I just think there isn't a lot of this episode that sticks with me that stands out as, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let's dive into it and see if we can put the nail yeah, into the This hole. one is also like a kind of a Pierce episode, but it's not a Pierce episode because he's in it like a couple times by himself. I <laughs> would say it's absolutely not a Pierce episode. Yeah. And that's to the detriment of this that they mm-hmm. – look, it's at the point – we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. It's at the point where this show needs to lose Pierce. Yeah. Like Pierce is is bringing the show down by how flippant uh, Chevy is to the show. Chevy doesn't even seem like he's in any type of character when he appears in this no. episode. No. Uh, like way more than even last week or usual. It just feels like he's reading the lines off a page. And so they put him so little into it. But because it's a Pierce's house, haunted house episode, and he's supposed to be the ringleader, if we had a season two performance from Chevy at the very mm-hmm. least, that could have been really cool. But instead, yeah. there's just nothing from him so the writers kind of do the work for him in other ways and that makes it all not stick very well this would have Mm -hmm. been a great way to bring pierce a little bit back as a villain uh i don't know let's start from the beginning uh the scene in the beginning is at least good a pretty classic start off i really like the return to costumes this year i do Uh, the season three special feels weird at least because we don't really get any costumes everyone's got a costume what do you think of them all what are your favorites? I enjoy them. I like the Calvin and Hobbes. Abed's wig is great. The ham is great. Shirley is adorable as Leia. Um, Annie's is fantastic as the mm-hmm. ring. Jeff mm-hmm. is actually probably the weak link of the costumes. But, but that's, that's to be fine. expected. Yeah. And, He's and the guy like who showed the... up like as a cowboy or uh, exactly. as, as David Beckham, I think, was what he did. But I do enjoy all the costumes, and I think that everyone looks good as always. Troy's adorable as the tiger. Something that actually is a really great community one two that i loved is when jeff just looks at britta and says ham and britta says pig, pig? like real defensively That's i really thought that funny. was really funny <laughs> a couple of asides from the commentary about the costumes the ham was originally because it doesn't really look like a ham hams aren't yeah tan like that but i guess like turkey almost. it was really pink when they first got it and it really looked like balls <laughs> so megan gans said something about like going to the costume people and was like 
if you don't make this thing brown by like Monday, <laughs> we have to write a bunch of balls jokes into the episode just That's to make this really make sense. funny. And also she said, Megan Gans is really funny. She was really funny on the commentary for this one. Uh, she said for the Calvin and Hobbes that they literally had to write in the script and to the costume people, it was like generic boy and tiger, <laughs> which is totally what it is. Yeah. Ahmed's, Ahmed's wig looks like David Bowie. <laughs> But I, I really love that costume, but it's clear that, you know, they can't just do Calvin and Hobbes because Calvin and Hobbes are a huge property. Mm-hmm. They'd have to pay all kinds of money just to have them dress up. I thought that's all really funny. It's really great. I wonder if they did have to pay for Ring Girl then. You know what I mean? Um, I wonder yeah, if... Yeah, because that's like a pretty... Because they reference the ring, yeah. Yeah. Which, Alison Reed does a great job with that creepy crawl. Pretty freaky up. deaky, huh? I like the turn from... <laughs> The, the weird crawl to, to Annie's cuteness mm-hmm. because she's proud of herself and she thought she did the right thing. This is a little bit too silly of a comedy of errors for community, but it is kind of funny just for the, the visual of it. Uh, Allison said on the commentary that for that part where she crawls that they filmed it like it's footage. She filmed it going backwards and they played it. Her oh, going so it looks creepy. Which is what they do in movies like that. And it was a cool effect. That's wild. You mentioned liking the Dean showing up a little bit later as a ring girl. I don't like that very much. I think stuff like that is the reason why they went too far with the Dean in season Mm. four, kind of like they went really too far with him last week, and why in seasons five and six they were like, okay, we've kind of got to ditch all the costumes now and make this character something more than that. Because, like, what? how did Craig – come on. Did he know about Jeff's costume somehow? Has he been, like, spying on him? I could see... Well, yeah, they're neighbors now. Another bit in the beginning of this episode that (laughs) I like... They're neighbors now. I know that they're neighbors now, but the show doesn't even... Oh, okay. I, uh... They are neighbors now. They are... So you think he is spying on him? I think that um, Craig waited to see what Jeff either walked in or out of his apartment with. Like through his peephole? Yeah, and then was like, oh, perfect, I have one for this. Okay, sure. I don't know. I just think it's, again, like last week, it's look at effeminate, flamboyant Mm -hmm. man that dresses like a woman to impress attractive man and not like some, there's some deep emotional issues going on with the Dean and this is how he copes with it. You know, Mm -hmm. there's no sense of the like, I have to go to the bank today. What am I going to do? Tell them I had good news. You know what I mean? There's no sense (laughs) of like, Craig is a real person kind of he mm-hmm. just like is there to be this visual joke sure another bit of dialogue that i liked in the beginning of this episode was troy talking about what britta and he do and don't do yeah uh, just the way that he says oh i mean we do things not everything things i thought things. that was really mm-hmm. funny yeah me too something that i guess i'll bring up though just like we are typically doing chevy watch i want to do a little uh, what's what, what's our Britta and Troy uh, uh, ship name? Are they Broy? Are they Broy. Trita? <laughs> I'm a certified Trita. Um, I think I like Broy better. Okay, so let's do a little Broy watch. Broy sauce. You know what I don't like about them or those characters and how they relate to each other in this episode? I don't like the idea that Troy is like a child. Yeah. That can't be having sex. 
Mm-hmm. And that Shirley can like scold him for doing adult things. Yeah, I don't like that either, and I don't really understand why. And Troy that Britta like an kind of also treats him, her boyfriend, kind mm-hmm. of naive, like stepping over. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like the whole idea was that Troy's become an adult now, and he's become a man, and he's regressed in this season. I do like him better in this episode. Well, but here's it's a here is what I will say on the Britta front, not okay. to say That's okay. that it totally makes sense. As somebody who at around Troy's age in the show, maybe a little younger, no, uh, yeah, a little bit younger and at Troy's age in the show, was dating someone who was probably close to or around Britta's age in the show, there definitely can be times where you're talked down to a little bit. I don't know. Is there age difference that significant? Britta's, like, Troy's like 21, 22. And I would say Britta's like 26. I'd say she's probably closer to like 27, 28. I think Britta might be a little bit younger than that. I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. I don't think they tell us explicitly. Mm-hmm. But go ahead. Finish your point. But I think that that dynamic doesn't push it as much for me into the realm of why is that happening. But the Shirley one definitely is not. Even if she sees him as a maternal figure, that's still weird for her to be controlling you or know, scolding him for his sex life. That is a good point. I'll, I will give you that. But... I don't think the show is doing that on purpose. Everything's intentional, Zach. I don't think the show has has any... Every letter on that chalkboard back there means something. Well, a lot of times they do have stuff written on the chalkboard. I, I can't really tell. Not to let your friends do... I don't know. I can't really mm-hmm. see all of it. But, you know, I don't think... that That's a good concept. If they had dove into that a little bit... Uh, Britta being like a lot of firsts for Troy or something mm-hmm. like that. That that could have been interesting, but the show doesn't. They just kind of treat Troy like a little kid. And I think that's the wrong mm-hmm. move. Yeah, I agree. So they're all going to Vicky's Halloween party. Another episode where we mention a side character and we never see that side character, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, they're getting ready to go to this party. And while they're all talking about it, getting ready, I thought, again, the little aside between Abed and Annie about Cougar Town seems less like community being community and community saying, remember community? Abed likes Cougar Town. Let's just talk about Cougar Town. There's no real joke there. I didn't mind that one. Okay, that's fine. Because, you know, and Annie, the little clink, the joke is that she's she's in it now. Yeah, that's fine. That's the joke. Merlot. They drink uh, a lot of wine. They get interrupted, and they're not going to be able to go straight to the party like they thought because Pierce called Troy, and he's locked in his his panic room. Uh, everyone wants to go help him because they're decent people, and Jeff, of course, knows what's going on right away. Pierce is fake shit like this so many mm-hmm. times. It's going to be fake. Uh, what do you think about this as a setup? It's fine. I think that it's realistic that Pierce would do this, call them, and be like, I need help, somebody, just for attention. And I also think it's realistic that most of them would want to go and not Jeff. I think something that I I noticed a lot in this time watching through that I don't think I really cared about before was that Britta is also aware the whole time that Pierce is probably faking. She doesn't seem to believe it either. She just wants to get to Pierce to like therapize him and talk exactly. about why he's doing this. Yeah. Another but thing that I, this I episode could that have gone in. in on that a little bit more. And mm-hmm. it would have been interesting if, if Pierce was, like, more actively a part of the episode or of the show. Yeah. There's a little funny bit of Britta acting in the ham costume. I just, like, Gillian Jacobs does such funny facial expressions and body movements, and seeing her do it in the ham costume is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if it is still, but for the longest time, that ham costume was up for auction on, on eBay. I know we've talked about it on here before. I really want that. I don't really want that, but I kind of want someone Ooh, to buy that. I'd love to see it in person. I yeah, I think it'd be fun to have, like as like a hey. But it'd look also at this be like they'd be like, "What's that six foot mascot <laughs> costume?" Oh, like, it's, oh, I spend six thousand dollars on it. It's a costume from a not great episode of a TV show that I really <laughs> like. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Nice. Are you gonna like wear? It for Is Halloween? it signed? No, no, don't don't touch it. Don't go near it. Uh, it maybe you shouldn't even look at it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I think the ham costume is great, and I hope somebody does buy it and and gives it the second life that it deserves. Oh yeah. One of my biggest problems with this episode, this kind of does feel a little bit like the guy who told us that when we try to rewrite Community, we just make them do things that they've done again. Mm-hmm. This episode has a lot of stuff that we've seen before, even if it's in a context that we haven't seen before. Uh, we've seen Pierce lying to the study group to get something out of them in the documentary episode. We've mm-hmm. seen Gilbert uh, being like the shadowy figure that's pulling these strings five or so episodes ago. Yeah. It's a little of a copycat episode and it feels like the story is just an excuse to do the haunted house in Pierce's mansion idea instead of before I feel like they had to have the story behind it or else what was the point of doing the thing that they were sure. housing it in I don't know yeah it is a lot of things that we've seen before which is not my favorite thing in the world but you know I do like the intro I like the intro, too. I think this is the first time that they did spooky music over the intro, too, which was cool to see. Yeah. Uh, I, I think some of these title cards we've seen before. I don't remember yes. if we saw the, the Jim Rash one last time or not, though. I don't think we saw the Jim Rash, no. So well, now we're in maybe, Pierce's mansion. Maybe, because he was on the title card in season three. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. After the cool theme song, we see an exterior shot of Pierce's mansion. I think it's the yeah. only time... We see an exterior, and it just straight up doesn't look like what the insides are supposed to be. Uh, let's talk. No, it looks about... like the haunted mansion, and the inside looks like the set that they use for the <laughs> for the, like the lounge out next to the cafeteria. <laughs> Steven, that's what it is. <laughs> well, I don't know, like to that to that extent. But it, on it the commentary, looks the same. Yeah. they said that the hallways and stuff here are the Greendale hallways yeah. that they stripped and repainted and added new stuff to it. And then when they're done with this episode, they do it again and build it back to the Greendale hallways. That's you can tell. literally <laughs> what it is. It, <laughs> you can tell. Uh, they did a, the best that they could. It, it's because the show doesn't have this huge budget to just be yeah. building sets or going to different locations and dressing them up for an episode like this. This show did not have a lot of money at this point in its run, Mm -hmm. but I feel like the design of the house and how it's haunted and how it, I don't know, we've heard so much about Pierce's mansion. This is the first time that we finally see it, and it's in the context of this like creepy haunted house escapade, Yeah, and it's a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, it's not like the lavish palace that we were kind of led to believe that it was. It's very much like an 80s big 
place with a lot of rooms. <laughs> like Jeff says, like David Lee Roth threw up Miami Vice. It is very yeah. Miami Vice. There's that family portrait behind Annie. She's <laughs> talking when they look around. It's such a bad Photoshop. It does look like someone's taped a picture of Gilbert onto a family portrait where they've they've imposed Chevy kind of from like mm-hmm. the late. 70s early 80s or something and just some random ass lady who's supposed to be pierce's mom it's some pretty bad photoshop it's not great it's not great annie gives a lot of exposition like these friends were all there and she's like but didn't he lose this in the video game battle where he lost his inheritance to gilbert who turned out to be an illegitimate <laughs> half-brother he never knew he had they were yeah. all there <laughs> everyone was there Troy opens up uh, uh, like a panel in the wall behind a picture that ends up being the entrance into Pierce's panic room where they become able to communicate with him through a video screen. Uh, There was some good Troy stuff in this. I like the little details that we get into what it was like for Troy to live here because he did Mm -hmm. for a while. That's something that feels like them building off the history of the show into a detail that's pretty funny that that Troy had to memorize this routine for a tour of the home that he never gave (laughs) because there were never any visitors. Which I'm sure Pierce like posed it. He's like, all right, before you can move in, you got to know all the things so that when we have all of our people coming for tours. It's funny because you would think that as often as these people hang out at like Troy and Abed's place that Pierce would be like, we can party in my mansion sometime. Yeah. Everyone's like, no, we're going to go hang out in (laughs) the safe space of Troy and Abed's apartment. This little apartment, yeah. They bring up Pierce on a video screen and I'm... I would love to be able to watch these episodes without any knowledge of anything about the show because it's impossible to judge them without and to look at the episodes closely without like putting that perspective into it. It is. Uh, So Pierce only shows up in this episode mainly through a video screen and then in the end of the episode. And they said on the commentary that that last scene that was like day one of shooting. So they did all of that on day one. And then the rest of the episode, I'm sure they did without Chevy. Uh, it, it's interesting. It's such a bad sign if you just can't like shoot your cast together. Like I feel like this has been going on for a while now. And I'm honestly surprised it took so long to get to the point that it did. And that they would, in spite of that... Now, I guess you... Come, you break stories for the season before you get to film it, right? You kind yeah. of come up with the arc of the season at the beginning of the season. But I think after season three, people knew that, that Chevy was a liability on set. It mm-hmm. feels like a gamble to do this episode with him being who he is. Yeah. I almost wish they had found a way to do it and take Pierce out of it entirely. <laughs> what like, did you think of the, the video oh. footage of pierce where he is in the panic room did it feel weird to you did it feel off yeah but i i gave the benefit of the doubt and just thought it as pierce trying to pretend like like nothing was weird and that's why he was being so weird but sure. it could have also very well been that chevy was just reading his lines and not putting anything into it no sweat boba fett the way Donald says no sweat Boba Fett so quiet, I feel like I can hear his disdain for the joke in him saying <laughs> because they've done that so many times. It's run You its really course. hate that one. You don't like that one. 
I don't like it anymore. Like, it's funny the first couple of times. But I think I say stuff like that in real life too much for it to bother me. It's of a lesser sitcom to make that a bit that they say all the time. Yeah. That's like the type of joke that you'd see on a Target t-shirt with Sheldon's face on. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's below uh, the show. Uh, Obviously, it's not because they do it 150 times. Yeah. But I don't love it. (laughs) But it should be. So Pierce is locked in panic room. He's acting weirdly not panicked about it. Uh, And again, Chevy's performance and the writing both don't do a very good job of setting up like the twists and turns in the episode. I don't look at Pierce with the knowledge of him having pulled all of these strings. I don't know. Like, if he's trying to build this haunted house just to scare these guys, wouldn't he be acting like he's scared as shit in the panic room? Yeah. But he's like, hey, guys, lost the thing. Could you find the thing? Can you find it? Got some red water over here. That that was awful. That's one of the worst deliveries he has in the whole episode. (laughs) It is pretty bad. There's nothing really that bad with his delivery through most of it it just feels like there's not a semblance of character to it at all to me Mm -hmm. no sale another problem that i have with this episode and i'm sorry just to harp on stuff but i don't have as many positive things to say about it this episode like repeats itself a lot because Mm -hmm. they have the big idea but they don't have enough little ideas to keep the thing moving it's kind of like if they had done abed's uncontrollable christmas and they were like, we're just going to do claymation. Let's just ride it. We'll do a claymation. Mm-hmm. But instead, they built the whole world of the of the journey that they take. Where here, it's kind of like, well, there's some haunted house stuff going on. We know how it's going to end. So Jeff is going to be over here complaining about Pierce lying with Britta the whole time. Uh, Abed's going to be in a little room watching everybody the whole time. And we'll cut to each thing about three times. You know what I mean? It, it's yep. There's a lot of sameness where I would have loved to have seen, honestly, the best parts are when they reveal like a new room in the mansion. I would have loved to have seen more rooms or at they least do a more cool job with the secrets the within rooms. the rooms. Uh, maybe there could have been a funny storyline where upon being suckered by pierce's plan they discover all of this gross stuff about pierce just from being in his home i think we could have like learned more about pierce even if pierce wasn't in it you know just by being in his house i I think you also could have done something where like they go to troy's old room or something and it's really funny or pierce has it set up a certain way i don't know or like the room where uh, pierce's mom died yeah i don't know yeah, that's weird. Like, they don't go to Cornelius's room at all. Like, there's so much stuff that could have been in there instead of other things. Or I feel like they designed the house as if Pierce has always been the owner of this mansion. When he yeah. lived here with his, like, plantation-ass father and mother. Or maybe not. Actually, that's a good point. Because the parents were divorced, right? Um... I think his dad still lived there. It's a little... Well, maybe you know not, because I mean? there are six houses. Why is the house decorated like the 80s and not decorated like his parents had lived there and yeah, ran business Yeah, but there's still pictures home. of his dad everywhere. Yeah. Like it's his dad's house. And Jeff says something about him living with his parents. I don't know. 
But while Pierce is giving all this information uh, about getting locked in the room and losing the code, he also gives away that Jeff's right, he was lying, but he doesn't give the big lie yet. He says that he's been spooked because he thought he saw a ghost of his dad. And if I'm going to give Chevy anything in this episode, it's this moment. Uh, It's this moment because Pierce does end up being all of the ghost things other than Gilbert watching while he sleeps. And Pierce does hear at least sell that he saw a ghost of his dead dad for real enough to be concerned. Not necessarily that there's a ghost, but like how Britta is that something is going on with Pierce. Something's going on. That needs investigated. And then you like the the, aha. I kind of like the way that these shots are done where they're talking to the video screen that's kind of a fisheye lens sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, but like not a super harsh fisheye. Yeah, yeah, I like it. it. It's probably just him up to the camera, you know, but mm-hmm. it, it's a cool effect. Jeff's ready to leave, but everyone else isn't really on his side. They're not going to let Pierce just stay locked in there. Uh, and it becomes another fight between Jeff and Annie about if she's naive or not. Uh, Jeff gets a bad ham joke. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they all go off to look for a a solution to this issue while a ghostly figure is seen shadowing about. Whoa! I want to take a second, Zach. Um, I know it's early on in the episode uh, for us still, he said but an hour in. <laughs> yeah, but I want to thank uh, our sponsors for today. Yeah, sure. Um, now, fitting that this is their name, I, I don't know if they're a fan of the show or what, Zach, but. Big ol' ham bones, big ol' rattling chains. Are you a ghost or ghoul who needs to rattle some chains? Wait, Come on wait, down to big ol' I... ham bones, big ol' rattling chains. Why would their name imply that they're a fan of our program? Oh, because Britta's a big ol' ham bone, <laughs> and big ol' ham bones got some big ol' rattling chains. Zach, uh, now you're you're a man who can be a bit ghostly sometimes in your movements and and. Pigment I've been known to point that out about myself many you times. You know, sure. Uh, do you ever need some chains to rattle around if you're, you know, just walking around? You know, ghosting? I do feel like my ghostliness doesn't doesn't spook people in the way that I want. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not getting the the aesthetical effect that I want, and it would be nice to have something that I could create constant noise with. Well, you know, and as a, as a big city ghoul myself. Uh, especially around this time of year when people least expect it, that's when I like to go around just rattling some big old rattling chains. You know, I, I find that if I'm in the supermarket or I'm in the alley behind the Arby's and I'm just going, and I'm shaking some chains, man, will I get a rise out of some people. So please do give big old Hambone a call for all your rattling chains needs. But I would like to give a word of advice Please do call ahead and do your order through curbside because I would pref- you you don't want to meet Big Hambone. He's a he's a very frightening and violent man. I'll just say this: Big Hambone is certainly not vaccinated, so please do curbside pickup if you can. Delivery through your local postal service. And you'd think you don't have to, but you do have to specify that you'd like your order cough free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that is not a coffee box to check. No, no There's one thought no typo. it was. <laughs> Cough free is uh, what you wanna what you wanna click there. Okay, so everybody splits up to look through the mansion. <laughs> sometimes we do those commercials and they're really funny, and sometimes they play themselves out about twenty seconds in. And here we are, still going three minutes after we've started. Whoa! And not a second of it gets cut. We keep it no. all in on this. Program. Big ol' ham bone. So Jeff and the big old Hambone are one of the groups <laughs> to, to split up. 
You know, I, I could make a couple jokes about what seeing the beautiful Gillian Jacobs in a ham costume does yeah. for my meager old ham bone, but <laughs> this is a certainly rattles my chains. Than that. Yeah, uh, Britta is looking to psychoanalyze Pierce in this whole situation. She's noticing all the weirdness of this mansion because the, it feels like metaphorically the ghosts of the people who lived here with pierce are very much still here it's like the the home is dying around the still alive pierce who still lives here yeah that's the, you know uh it's really a beautiful sentiment zach i think that they're really diving deep here into the psyche of their characters okay <laughs> i was just filling time zach because there's really nothing they they got to the end of this conversation like five seconds in so they're that's again that's okay that's again that's the 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 funny thing about this episode is that not funny thing it's just so same and all of the comp they they discover an area they talk about daddy issues we cut to troy for a little bit (laughs) but here they come into pierce's room even pierce's room feels like a missed opportunity yeah you could have done a little bit more we could have had a like a rotating, like, vibrating bed that, that... Yeah! But instead, there's, like, a couple lights. The the portrait's cool. The weird fireplace thing is cool. But we're really supposed to believe that this... I don't know. When you think about how... Now, Troy and Abed's apartment is a more permanent setting, but just how personalized that space mm-hmm. is to those characters, I feel like they could have done a little bit more here. Yeah, I agree. It's It's... I get that they are just going to use this set once, so they didn't put as much into it, but it would have been nice to see them take the same amount of, like... And I'm sure part of it's just they didn't have the budget to buy a whole new set, but you could have at least put in some stuff that would have been funny. But when his budget before ever curbed community's creativity? Never. I think that's one of the, the cruxes of a Dan Harmon free community. I'm sure this community was a lot easier of a show to work on. Maybe not so much for the writers, but for the production staff, for the actors. I'm sure the set designers weren't being like grilled to get everything just perfect. Yeah. And they were able to go home a little bit earlier or whereas Dan Harmon probably wouldn't have stopped until every detail was filled, until everything. You know what I mean? Well, and without Dan Harmon, you don't have that same authoritative voice to say that character wouldn't do that, or mm. this character would have this, you know, because he created when the characters. When the characters can do anything, it's almost more limiting, because it's like, yeah. what would they do? Sure. So, yeah, so Pierce's uh, room is kind of a hollow shell, much like the, the character has become. Something I will say that season four is known for getting pretty right is Jeff's daddy issues. The episode mm-hmm. that deals with it is a pretty good one, and yeah. one of the best... Pretty much the substantial thing to take away from this episode are the little moments where Jeff lets a little bit of that out. Yes. It's good to see him open up about it, and here he does it for a second unwillingly, without Britta really even prodding it out of him. Uh, It's becoming really clear that this has just been on Jeff's mind a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and I appreciate they're building off of, you know, the end of season three when he starts to look for his dad and... Like we talked on the roundtable about how maybe OG community 
didn't have as much of an overarching plan, it's clear that this community did a little bit to where they're building to the big uh, culmination of it, and they have to mention it a couple of times here and there. Uh, community season four with Dan Harmon might have just had an episode that was going to be the Jeff's dad episode if they were going to do it. They wouldn't yeah. necessarily be mentioning it leading up to it. I do really enjoy Britta's dancing in the ham costume, and she's like, ooh, so this is what When she, like, crosses like. her hands, it's like a bam! Yeah. <laughs> I really like that visual. Gillian's so funny. And this is when the map starts coming into place. Is this the first time we see the map, or did we see it a uh-huh. second ago? It's the first time, I think. It's a cool idea. It's a cool graphic. It's very community to do something like this. But w- there's no real point to it, because we're not really tracking anything you know it well be... and the layout of the mansion doesn't really matter if if it was like the ghostly fi- we're supposed to keep eyes on where like the mm-hmm. ghost is and how they're revolving around it that would have made sense but again it's just community season four kind of being like oh we, let's do a cute little let's throw in a couple pillows and blankets you know what i mean yeah i think annie and abed um, I like what the Jeff and Britta stuff does, but I think Annie Abed are, are a good pairing here too. I like the way that they explore the mansion together. Um, I like that that Abed is immediately just looking for all the Easter eggs in this place, and it doesn't take him very long to find that uh, that that uh, the wall moves. the The bookcase is a revolving door that takes him away. Yeah, I do like that. That's at least one little Scooby Doo element of it. That's pretty much the element and the thing that works the most. There's even a little fan servicey thing where you see the the gnome from Remedial Chaos Theory was a mm-hmm. bookend, and it has a cousin named Grot. <laughs> but Abed pulls the right thing, which is one of the gnomes, and it takes him from one room to a security room behind the bookshelf, and it totally freaks out Annie because to her, much like in a Scooby-Doo type thing, uh, Abed's totally disappeared. This is why I say I think their pairing might be my favorite because I think they have the elements that are closest to what the best version of this episode would have been. Mm-hmm. Abed finding sure. the secret control room is pretty cool. The thing that I don't like, though, they season for it, by then Abed just sits there the rest of the episode. There's yeah, no doesn't... sense of... Uh, another episode would have let him pull the strings in a way. Like, maybe he could have caught up to what Pierce is doing, and he could use the control Start room doing it better, to, make yeah. the, to do it better. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Instead, he just gets to be there and make a couple sarcastic comments throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. I do also like Annie's scared girl act that she doesn't really, yeah. uh, she's not up on horror movies. She doesn't really get what's going on. The one thing that happens, does it happen here? Is it at the very end where she says that line? No, and it's not even the line. Okay, she fixes a flashing light bulb. That's cool. We even get an ex- explanation for why the light bulbs might be wobbly at the end of the episode. Yeah. My question is, here in a second, is this where she sees the ghost of Pierce's father? Yes. And taking into context why everything else happens in the episode, what the f*** is going on there? Is yeah, she no clue. seeing that? Is she is just there imagining something it? physically there? I think she's just imagining it, but it's, yeah, not not. Is this where it happens? Thing. I think it's about to happen. She scares yeah. herself with her own reflection first, but then when she looks and back the up in the mirror... There's the jump scare. I have to tell you, uh, Lily jumped when that happened. Lily really got scared. Are you serious? And I looked at them and was like, did you really just get scared? At but, like, it was so clear that was two. about to happen. Also, did they ask the – did they – That was not the same Cornelius. They didn't have the actor come back just to do that? No. That looks like some totally different young guy with the wig on. I didn't pay, I, I didn't pay that close attention to the thing. 
And my biggest issue was yeah, this line. This line. She gives an awful line. I hate reference humor. What's the reference? What's the reference? How is it humor? What? It, huh? Is she? Is she, now is Annie saying that they're in a show and she hates that they're doing a jump scare because they're referencing jump scares? Is she mm-hmm. Abed now? Does she get to see all this stuff? Or or is the reference that she that that Pierce's dad is there? What? Stephen, make it make sense for me, please. What I took it as her trying to say was yeah. that it's referencing how in every scary movie there's nothing in the mirror. Well, used to be there was just something in the mirror, but now there's like there's nothing in the mirror, and then there's something in the mirror, or there's nothing in the mirror, then there's nothing in the mirror, then the character leaves and there was something the whole time. So the joke is that she thinks something's being done to her. I don't know. I don't know. That line was stupid. That's not great. One of the most infamous lines from the history of season four of community is there's a part where abed says we just made paintball cool again and saying something like that like ensures that it's not gonna be cool Mm -hmm. and that's what this feels like it's just like yeah there's a difference between being meta and being like aren't we so meta Mm -hmm. and that's what this is yeah and I, I have to agree with Annie. I might hate the reference humor, too. <laughs> Meanwhile, Shirley and Troy are also searching a different wing of the house to find the code to get to Pierce. And they realize that they've been looping and going in circles, um, which which Troy knows the mansion, right? Yeah, but he says he spends it's less time in the library. because he doesn't know where the library is, sure. But, which is like a fine joke, but if he memorized the date that the panic room was bought i feel like he'd remember where the freaking library is i've got to say i'm pretty sure this is my least favorite scene in the episode this one's not great the troy and shirley dynamic uh, it it's gonna dive more into shirley really treating troy like a kid in a way that doesn't really make sense for either of their characters and how they've acted before and then the the sex swing thing is kind of this episode's uh fountain scene Mm -hmm. like last week where it's a setup that should be funny, it's supposed to be funny, but instead it's not, and it's just really cringy to watch I'm gonna these say, though, super funny people you think it's funny. No. I don't think I've ever laughed at a sex swing in a sitcom. Yeah, that's fair. They've, it's been done even before. When like, I, even when swing. I liked How I Met Your Mother, that was never, like those were never not, the funniest parts of no. that show. That's true. I just think this scene is so unfunny because Troy is like smiling, absentmindedly swinging. Yeah, on the it. only part about it that's kind of funny is when the door opens and Shirley goes Sodom and Gomorrah. That's kind of funny. But, but Troy's smile isn't funny. The it doesn't like it's obviously not a playground swing. Troy's not stupid. Troy's not stupid. He's not a child. He would be able to pick up that this is a weird sex room and be grossed out about Troy it. Troy talks the, about butt stuff all the time. He told me he doesn't know what like thank you S and M is. Thank you. They could have. <laughs> thank you. They could have done. Well, I, I don't know. But on the other hand, I think Troy's interest in butt stuff is also very childish. I don't know how much mm-hmm. he's actually done because he's yeah. always like, "Is there butt stuff? Could there be?" I think he's just interested in maybe mm-hmm. trying it sometime. I don't buy that Troy wouldn't know that any of this was sex related, and they could have done a funny scene of them discovering all of Pierce's gross sex stuff. Yeah, like that could have been Troy's room, and he's like, oh, let me just go look in my room, and then it's like a sex place now, even though Pierce doesn't use it. I have it on account that they did not purchase the chain for the sex swing from Big Hambones, Big Mm -hmm. Old Rattlers, or whatever it was called. (laughs) So that's a... a, Big Old Hambones, Big Old Rattling Chains. 
Come on down. The secret dogs line, really stupid. Yeah. And then the interaction that they have afterwards, it's just the the writing's not great. The conversations aren't great. The forget mm-hmm. forget that you saw that and that I knew what it was. And then throughout the rest of the episode when Troy's kind of like, huh, what was with the thing? It's childish. And it's like, it's like something out of like a Nickelodeon sitcom or something. It absolutely is. The one thing I will say is kind of funny is Troy's living. He's like, I don't know what to Google. And that's that's it. Just that, those few words. I also don't like how with now two episodes in a row, uh, I don't like the way Shirley's talking about Britta. Mm-hmm. And that there's never like a call out to her like, why are you judging Britta like this? Maybe she cares about Troy just as much as we all do and probably more because they're dating and she wants to protect him just as much as everyone else. And why can't she be worth protecting? But she's a modern woman with experienced tastes. Yeah, I... I see kind of Shirley being like matronly being like, you know, Britta's kind of wild and is some stuff and Troy, yeah. you're a sweet, innocent boy. I just but don't think I, don't I think like that... the way it's portrayed. Sure. You don't think what? Well, I, I don't think that that Shirley would be, because Shirley and Britta are friends, you know, and I don't think that Shirley thinks so poorly of her that she wouldn't want her to be happy and be with Troy. Or if they're such good friends that Shirley wouldn't go to Britta and yeah. say like, "Hey, Troy hasn't doesn't seem like he's done a lot with people or ha- has had a mm-hmm. serious relationship. I'm really concerned about him, and I just want to make sure you're in it for the right reason." Yeah, that would have been better than like uh, sh- it makes Shirley. Now I'm not the one to speak on this, but it almost makes Shirley seem like counter feminist a little bit. It mm. seems like she's kind of like ganging up on the other girl uh, uh, behind her back. Hmm. I don't know. I see that, yeah. Do you think that at all? Am I stupid? I don't know that I'd go so far to that call Shirley's it counter like an feminist, instigator but I think the other women. Now, against the other women or just against Troy and Britta being together? In in this instance, against Britta. Yeah. But I think it paints a picture of a potentially bad habit from Shirley. Maybe, but I don't think she would have been that way if Annie were with Troy. Okay, so I see what you mean. It's just that she has a bad idea of Britta. Yeah. Okay. But the way that she said... It's almost more the delivery of the line, like, well, she's a modern woman, as if saying that being a modern woman is a bad thing and that what she is is different and better. I think she was trying to say, in her words, Britta has been around a little bit. Yes. Quotations. And so just, you know... Be careful. And now, not that that's a but she okay thing say for her that. to say. And what she says, I think, sounds worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't disagree that it doesn't sound good. But I think in Shirley's mind, she's trying to make it sound better than saying, hey, your girlfriend is a lot more experienced in these things than you. Just keep an eye out and make sure that whatever, whatever. You know what I think is an issue of the episode is that we are having so much to say about stuff <laughs> like that. And there aren't more haunted house things to marvel at. There's like two haunted house things in the whole thing, and like most of them are accidents. The haunted house feels like an afterthought, while at the same time, that's what the draw of the episode I is. I forgot on a regular basis when watching this that it was actually a haunted house going and on. And you still like, like it better than the season three one? I do. What's so wrong with the season three one? There's so many funny bits. I just don't find it funny, I think is the issue. I feel like 
I feel like if we watched a totally uh, unedited live stream of you watching that episode and watching this episode, you would laugh more on that one. Maybe. Maybe we just need to try that someday. Watch, Steven. Watch the episode That's this week. going to be the next podcast when we finish yeah. this one. It's uh, just going to be a see, camera see, of my face. All they can think of is to do like the, the jiggling of a door handle. Uh, they could have made that the scare, but there should have been like a sense before then that there might be a ghostly presence following them mm-hmm. specifically. They should have like seen a weird thing and, and then the door starts jiggling and then it's well, cause Annie. It doesn't matter if there's a ghost if only the audience sees the ghost. The few times that we get a glimpse of like the shadowy figure, we're the only ones that see it. Other so than no other fear. than Annie getting scared, but they don't even roll with that. Yeah, because that's not even the actual ghost. Then meanwhile, Abed, he almost seems like in like a medicated, like... Yeah. Just kind of like he was in the last episode, too. It feels... Some weird stuff's going on with Abed this season. And mm-hmm. it's not intentional, I don't think. Uh, and I think it's to the detriment of the show because Danny's performance of Abed is really like the heart of community a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And he spends this episode just sitting around watching Cougar Town and security footage. He has no part in the storyline at all and he should be all over this type of thing. Yeah, this is not the best part either. And then we're back to the sameness. We're back to Britta and Jeff continuing the same conversation uh, because they need to stretch it out until the conclusion instead of filling the time with haunted house mannerisms or haunted housey and things happening or or well, a mystery a being built for the episode. Because we're halfway through the over halfway through the episode, and everything that's going to happen, with the exception of like two closing points in the whole episode, have happened. So it's hmm. a lot of just circling for the next six minutes or so it's pretty much just waiting like waiting until it's time for them to get where pierce is Mm -hmm. and i have issues with what they filled that time with with just kind of sitcominess instead of uh uh, homage these could have been the issues at the center of each character's storyline but there should have been more episode specific stuff going on I don't know. I'm just saying that a thousand times, but I think that's one of the big points of this episode now that I'm really paying attention to it. That's why it doesn't feel like a special episode in the way that even I think the the season three episode does because it it wants to be an episode about Jeff needing to come to terms with how he has daddy issues and it wants to be an episode about Troy being childish when it comes to sex and it kind of wants to be an episode about Pierce's state of living now that his dad's dead but it doesn't want to be a Halloween episode hardly no you kind of forget that Halloween is is going on they just happen to be in costumes Jeff does reveal to to Britta like as Britta's really poking the bear and making Jeff like oh I don't need a dad at all if I needed a dad and he reveals to her why would I have had his number for for three weeks and I haven't said anything, which pretty much Why says does everything. he have the number on a piece of paper tucked into his boxing shorts? Not in a pocket, just like touched, tucked in the crotch of his shorts. Well, you can look at it that way if you want, but I think it works. I feel like Jeff... So at the end of season three, he Googled his dad. Mm-hmm. I think Jeff was... Exp- was 
kind of hoping he he like found some stuff but not enough to make any contact and now that he's got this contact it's just like on his mind all the time like when is he gonna call is he gonna call what is he supposed to say should he be the one initiating it i think i get it okay is that gonna paint you a picture i believe i know steve you're getting ready to go to a halloween party you're wearing a boxer's outfit. Let me make Probably sure has I got pockets my wallet, in the shorts. I got my keys. Do I got the little piece of paper with my dad? You have to have to talk so. to an eight-year spell number written My down issue on is it. not him having it. It's him having it just by yeah. itself, tucked in the crotch of his pants. It's in the front waistband, not the pocket. Where's his phone? Where's his wallet? Where are his keys? Put it with them. Put it in your wallet. Cover your knees up if you're going to be walking around with them out there all the time. <laughs> Counterpoint. Joel McHale looks great. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You got me there, Zach. Also, Abed's line. Oh, I, no. He pauses Jeff and Britta uh, fighting about Jeff's dad and says, I remember when this show was about a community college. And that's such a weird moment to put that joke. Like, if Abed had done this when they were, like, yelling over a ghost or something. Yeah. That would have been like, I remember when the show was about a community college. I don't know. What they're yelling about could just as easily happen in the cafeteria of the college. Yeah. And then he, what, just rewinds the footage? Then all of a sudden he's watching footage of Pierce in bed last night or Mm -hmm. a night before. That is strange, isn't it? Yeah. But he notices that there's been a shadowy figure watching Pierce as he sleeps. Uh, You know what I think would have been a better structure to this episode is before this point, we should have known that Pierce is pulling all of these strings for sure. Yeah. So then it's like, but wait, what is this then? Mm Mm-hmm. Instead, we don't know what either of them are, so you kind of assume they're connected. I agree. Whereas we could have had like a Pierce is pretending to do a haunted house, but maybe the house is actually haunted by like his dead dad. Mm Mm-hmm. But then no, it isn't. It's just Gilbert. Instead, it's like, maybe there's a ghost. Maybe there are all of, all of these other things going on. And then, no, it's not going on, and here's all the reasons why. You know, there could have been a little exactly. more entry. I will give season four this, though. It was an earned cool, cool, cool at the very least. Yeah, it's sure. It's a cool discovery for Abba to find. Meanwhile, <laughs> Bruna is chasing <laughs> uh, Jeff in the ham costume just to do some therapy and do some daddy issue work, and it's, it's a funny visual. The ham costume was just a good choice. It's great. Help me heal your heart hole, as she bangs on the door. <laughs> and then Jeff finds himself alone in, like, kind of like a study. Yeah. Like, maybe Pierce, it, this might be, like, a room of Pierce's dad's. And he finds a bunch of amber liquids, and he kind of has a, a man <laughs> moment to himself. And as he's drinking and cheersing to the asshole that Cornelius is, he stumbles upon the little red book that has the code. one nine eight nine nineteen eighty nine. What a year. So you that's, know, uh, Do the Right Thing came out mixed. in 1989. Oh, really? Yeah, like sometime around the end of June. I would have probably built a panic room, too, if I was in that scenario. That's fair. It's like Y2K again. Mm-hmm. Or before. Before, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the finding of the book ended up not even being a big deal. No. Jeff just like walked into a room and was like, mm, there it is. To be fair, Pierce said it was in his bedroom or in his study. And, Which and I feel like, like Troy should have been like, okay, Troy let's go to like, the bedroom. Let's go to the library. Yeah. I think for this episode, maybe Clue would have worked better than Haunted House. Maybe they could have had a few other characters in the mix and someone dies. Or like they could have had a few 
characters and like somebody locked Pierce in a room or something, and they're trying to find which one of them locked Pierce in there to let him out. But who are we? Who are we? What are the new showrunner names? We're no Port in Guarcia, are we? <laughs> there we go. Sure aren't. Also, Jeff has the code now, so why wouldn't he just go let Pierce out so they could leave? Yeah. It's because nobody really cares about that, Steven. Oh. Even though that's the plot, that's not the point anymore, I it's guess. It's not far enough in the episode yet. Yeah, we gotta wait we gotta wait till the next commercial break to do that. Okay, so this happens. Jeff is locked in this room, this study, and everything starts to like shake. And mm-hmm. the picture of of Pierce's dad like expands and gets all ghostly. How is Pierce doing this? Do they, um, they explain it later and they show him doing things? Did they show that? No. I don't think so. And if they did, I missed it because it didn't make sense. There could have been more potential with like Jeff being the non-believer in ghosts of the group and him being the one like what they're doing here is like he finally gets scared but I feel like they could have done more with it to make it a little spookier. But Jeff and Annie take off to find the rest of the group who also aren't really worried about what's going on and meanwhile behind Troy this is one of the cooler effects of the episode even if there's not much point to it. I, I just think it looks cool. Uh, Troy's standing in front of a wall that becomes like a the handprints are coming through the wall, like the wall is jelly. I don't mm-hmm. think it adds that much to the episode, but I think it's a cool look. Why? Why do you do you think so of me? I just think it's not the the best done. You just don't think it looks good? Yeah. It does kind of look like, and it probably is, it looks like Troy's just standing in front of a green screen. Here. Yeah. And I like Troy's lines like while he's waiting to realize what's behind him. That was funny, too. Mm-hmm. Another funny joke could have been like if Pierce wasn't doing all of this and that was just him trying to like get out. Get out, yeah. <laughs> Pierce was, he accidentally created a haunted house because his mansion's just so weird. That'd be great. Now the group is all together and they're all screaming, they're all scared, and they're running together to get out Pierce. This is coming to a head and it still just feels like a letdown. I feel like it's missing so much of the scary. Mm hmm. Like, there should have been more, like, they're as a group, and they, like, every corner they turn is, like, another nightmare, but it's not. It's just the same hallway again. Yeah. So, they bring up the the panic room screen to question Pierce, and it looks like he's dead. They think he's dead. He got killed by a ghost. Meanwhile, Troy's really upset about the remote breaking. That's funny. (laughs) But now they're... They're, like, yelling. They think their friend's dead. They're yelling at the screen. They're not just instantly typing in the code. And Jeff has the, the code. Door. Well, and they do it here, but they sure do take their time. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes seconds are what keeps someone from dying. Yeah. They walk in, and Pierce isn't there, but he is, and he's fine, and he explains to them what he's doing. Uh, I thought the the way that Chevy delivered the line right here when he's like, bet you didn't expect me to, and he points at each of them, make a haunted house against you guys. Yeah. Uh, not great. Mm-mm. Then Abed shows up, and everyone realizes Abed had been gone the whole time, uh, and he explains what's going on, and Jeff gives that f***ing awful line. Yikes. Abed Nadir with the late report. Oh, my God. But Abed shows up with more information. He has the video of Pierce doing all of the things. Oh, okay. Things so Pierce was dressed, supposed to be. That wasn't Chevy in that actual clip, though. 
it was a picture being distorted. I'm talking about him oh, in the mirror. Oh, in, yeah. in the mirror. I see now. He made that cut in the wall where he can stick stuff through it. They said in the commentary that when they had to film all of those little scenes with Chevy, that he didn't know what the was going on. <laughs> so after they would be like, you know, you're trying to do a haunted house and you're trying to give him a scare. And after a while, they're like, just put your hands through the thing, Chevy, and boom around. Just put your hands in the thing and just do it. <laughs> but Abed brings up the shadowy figure and how that was probably the most impressive, the most impressive part of the thing. I like his line when he comments on the performance <laughs> and is like, is, is he sad? Is he sad? And then Pierce really freaks out, but doesn't really because Chevy isn't a good actor. Uh, yeah. And says, I didn't hire anyone, so now they're all locked in the thing. There might be a ghost. There might be a ghost, Steven. Are you spooked? Are you scared? I didn't like Andy's line. You might have forgotten that you asked someone to help on your thing. It's it's Nickelodeon stuff. It is. Yeah. I did like the um, LeVar Burton was a hard no, because that means he asked him. And you know what, Steven? I, I always say I don't want to be a negative Nelly on these season four episodes, but it's not turning out so well so far. I don't no. like that line either because it's just a joke that they've done before. They've already done the, like, LeVar Burton was a maybe, and they've had LeVar Burton on the show. Uh, we get it. I don't know. I don't know. It's a rehash. Reading Rainbow. If they'd thrown in a paintball, it would have been an A episode. Reading Rainbow. Pierce thinks, I like it that Pierce, he's like, I've, I've uh, used my father's name to make a point, and now his ghost is here to haunt me, and probably butcher you guys for going along with it. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah, Shirley, she wants to go to the party. Her babysitter's keeping her there too long. Everyone's kind of over it. They think Pierce is just messing with them again. Pierce and Jeff get into, like, a physical struggle. Let me talk about the second. Oh, my gosh, it's so bad, because... They do. Pierce and Jeff start to get in a physical struggle over leaving the room. So first it's Shirley talking to Pierce angrily with Jeff and Troy on each shoulder. Then Pierce and Jeff get in this little squabble, and then it immediately cuts back to Jeff standing where he was standing just before. Look, they're yeah. fighting, they cut to the button, and then now, in a second, he's right back where he was, behind <laughs> And Shirley's Pierce is, shoulder. like, in the middle of the group. Yeah, Good it's grief. bad continuity. But uh, the, the hatch is coming unlocked, and it's about to be revealed who this hidden specter has been the whole time. And the big surprise reveal is, like everything else, something that they've done before. It's Gilbert. And it, he pretty plaintively, and also what a waste of G, Juan Carlo, Jan Carlo, oh Gian, Gian yeah. Sean Carlo Esposito. What a waste of him. He comes in, he explains, I'm not a ghost. I miss working for Pierce's dad. We're brothers. It's like the same ending as the last episode. Yeah, also, let's not have the. This is my one of the my one biggest black issues. Character. Let's not have the goddamn person of color be like, I'm so sad I can't be a servant to nobody <laughs> no more. I guess I better come here and work for Pierce in secret. Like, what the hell is that? Yeah, and then Pierce Good says, you're my brother. God. You can work for me not in that's secret. That's f***ing awful. Back out to the gardens with you. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. That's really not great. Yeah. I could, and like him saying like, not having the, I don't know, there are aspects of it that track, but if you do, it, it's clear that they have not put much thought into Gilbert as a character, that they're willing to make his whole sense of being being to work. I don't know. Then they try to give Chevy like a moment at the end of the episode, a sweet moment 
with Gilbert, a brotherly moment, and and Chevy all of a sudden kind of like wakes up and doesn't deliver yeah. it too terribly. But it feels like I don't know the wrong conclusion to an episode that took the wrong path to get here. Mm-hmm. Everybody leaves to go to the party except for Pierce. I do like Pierce saying, "Tell Vicky I said Happy Halloween." That'll mess with her. <laughs> um, Shirley makes another mask joke about the sex masks. I don't know. It's just all now they've filled the time, so it's time for the episode mm-hmm. to end, and everybody leaves. Britta and Troy, what do you think of the of the broy, <laughs> the the Trita moment at the end of the episode where? Troy I thinks like, is insinuating sex, but she's just insinuating Inspector Space Time. Now, it's... And this is going to cut into next week's episode a little bit. Okay. Because I have a little bit to say here. I You're think, done with the Inspector Space Time? No. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Been done. But the... It's sweet that she wants to go do something with Troy. I think it's weird that he gets so freaked out about the idea of having sex with Britta, especially because yes. the next episode, they start in bed together with Troy's shirt off. Oh, have you watched the next one recently? It just started when I was like doing something when the episode ended one time, and I was like, then why the fuck? I know, it's we like, just Britta spin? is so beautiful. Let Troy want to have They're sex with her. They're clearly attracted, like they started dating, clearly something happened, they weren't they just like, attracted hey, wanna be a- boyfriend and girlfriend? They've been and they attracted were like, to yeah. each other for a long time, and they've been building that up. I wish you guys could have seen the arm movement that accompanied Stephen going, wanna be boyfriend and girlfriend? <laughs> uh, just I- how I asked you back in the day, Zach, to a resounding... And I said, yeah, but there was a lot more sex. Uh, <laughs> just let Troy and Britta f*** each other. Yeah. In the next episode, they do. So what was the point of doing all this? Protect his, his youth if it wasn't going to be like an actual plot point. Like, here's the thing. Tro- Britta and Jeff have slept together several times. So it's not like you can't have, like, these characters are so holy that they can't have sex. It's not it's like not- this show is. They've, they literally did a big one episode had boyfriends she's where been they with all intimately. looked at each other and, and decided that they could all be attracted to any of them at any time. Yeah, it's above me, Zach. I don't know why the hell. Uh, Jeff and Britta kind of apologize to each other. Uh, Jeff isn't going to the party either because he's too cool. Uh, I didn't really like the line about the party. But it took me a second for it to make sense. The line, Vicky is bringing dry ice and gave Leonard the wrong address. They're not connected. It's just two not things. At all. Dry ice is spooky and Leonard isn't going to be there. But it's still a weird, it was a weird line for me. Yeah. Know. Uh, also, everyone loves Leonard, who's not Jeff, so... Yeah, I guess that's true. But Jeff's not going. He makes it seem like he's too cool, but we'll see in a second what's really going on. He has some unfinished business at home. Uh, they all leave together, some to go to the party, some not to. Pierce, again, is just not a factor in this at all. He was like, all right, well, bye, guys. He said, bye, guys. I'm going to go hang out with my black servant brother. Filmed this segment of the episode on another day, so Chevy wasn't there. Uh, I also have a question, Zach. What do you feel? I mean, we get the reveal in a second that the boxing gloves that Jeff's been carrying around were his old man's. How do you feel about that? You feel like that's stupid, or is that you know? Does that touch your heart? What I think season four gets right is heart. Mm-hmm. It lets community be a little bit sappier and huggier, even though it would be sometimes, but a little bit more sweet than Dan Harmon was willing to let the show get. And especially after this season, it's something we don't get very much at all. So I don't think I mind it. It's a little ham-fisted, sure. It's a little 
uh, easy of a plot point. Uh, but I, it, it's also kind of cool that this has been a, a mm-hmm. built. Jeff, Jeff was a boxer for a reason. I, I, don't, I don't know that it. Yeah. He's been carrying them around the whole episode, and we're just now quietly realizing what they were the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's not the worst thing. I agree. This episode. I wholeheartedly agree. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me you didn't like it. No, I had no issue with it. It's nothing crazy. Yeah. But I didn't there's cry. so much other dad stuff going on. Mm-hmm. You didn't cry. I didn't cry. I just see Steven watching this episode. Oh my god. It's the there boxing gloves. Yeah. That's why he was the best. Name. It must start with a W. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a nice moment, but the nicer moment is that Jeff uh, has a quiet drink to himself, takes a deep breath, and contemplates uh, uh, calling his dad. And then we'll get a, revo- a resolution to this in like six episodes. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fine enough point to end the episode on, but I think you it know also what? Kind of- I owe Jeffrey Winger an apology. He had his phone tucked into his waistband as well. I think it kind of proves my point that. Because this is how we're ending what's supposed to be the Haunted House episode, that they didn't really want to do a Halloween episode. They didn't really want mm-hmm. this to be a super cool Haunted House episode. It was Well, like, it wasn't, so they got their wish. Yeah, they sure did. <laughs> well done. And is that the end of the episode before the end tag? Is that it? Yeah. He's dialing the number. Hello, Daddy. Maybe we should end <laughs> this week's episode of the podcast with a wistful moment where we dial Matt from Kenobi. <laughs> He would like, never give us his phone number. Answers. Do we have oh, him on he Zoom? Didn't, he didn't give it to us. I, I I found it. Can we call through Twitter? Is that a thing? <laughs> we should arrange like a, a Mori DNA test type situation and and Skype or Zoom call him without him knowing that we're going to. And all of a sudden, he's just a part of it. Like, Matt, we've collected samples of your DNA over the last couple of weeks. And boy, are the results in and will they shock someone? Let's find Everyone, out Everyone, it's time to play You Can't Disappoint a Podcast favorite game. <laughs> Does the semen match? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is no. The not, answer is normally no. It, it doesn't match biologically, and it also ended up not being his at all. Mm-mm. Anyway, not the, the right tag, color either. The tag was on the right track. Yes, it was. To do the revolving door thing. I even like that Pierce got to be a part of it and say, hijinks. I thought that was kind of I, funny. I will say this is very much one of those times where I'm seeing Troy as Donald Glover, not as Troy. It's just, in his I think way. it's the hair. Yeah. I watched, or I saw like a little clip of the Mixology certification episode when Troy and mm-hmm. Annie are talking outside of Annie's apartment. And even though that was just two seasons ago, both Allison Brie and Don look so much like younger yeah. and, and, and I don't know. Interesting. Did you just call him Don? Hi, Jinx. What? Did you call him Don? I don't think so. <laughs> you know, Don Glover. <laughs> oh, Donnie G. Don Glover. Don Glover. Don Glover. Don Glover. You've never heard that nice. before? That I have. It's be been years. Thank you, Bart uh, Simpson. This was on the right track, this end tag. I, but, like, the tall Troy and Abbott thing didn't really do anything for me. Yeah, me neither. I wish, like, if it were its own thing that they did sometime, yeah, that'd be funny. Yeah, sure. Because, like, it'd be funny for them to go to a movie like that, then order two tickets. Like, that would be a funny Troy and Abed thing for them to do. I agree. There's no reason for it to happen here. It's not connected. I agree. Well, Steven, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> what a great note. 
to end on. What a great note to end on. I, you're so... It's okay that you don't like the season three Halloween episode that much. This one's not good, though. so wrong to say that this one is better. It's not a terrible episode of Community. I will say I've been ranking all of the episodes best to worst, and mm. there are a couple of... Ep- so History 101 is at the bottom, the very bottom for me. Wowza. Paranormal Parentage beat out a couple of original three season episodes, but not very many. Just a, mm. just like three or two. It's wow. pretty low for me just because I would always pick to watch any other episode before this episode, I think. That's fair. That's fair. It's not a super fun watch. There's nothing super um, memorable about it. There's not that much that's so funny to come back to. But we've 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 delved on that enough. Who's your MVP? Um, honorable mention to Annie. Honorable mention to Troy. I'm gonna give an honorable mention to Jeff too because he has some good stuff, but he also has some jokes that are just kind of unforgivable. Yeah. In terms of them not being funny, Britta's my MVP this week. She was yeah. the funniest character consistently. Ham costumes great. I liked all the therapy stuff she was doing. It's funny, and it nobody was too mean to her when she was doing it. Yeah, it's Britta for me too. Pretty handily, she makes me laugh more than anybody else, mm-hmm. bar maybe Troy. But Troy has enough stuff that I don't like that I can yeah. give it to him. Uh, I think the only thing that's missing for me with Britta is that she be a little bit more actively involved in the idea that she's too worldly for Troy. I think mm-hmm. it's weird that she's totally missing from that, but she's really funny in this one. The ham costume's classic. It's one of my favorite costumes of the entire series, and the series yeah. has had a lot of great costumes, so it's easily Britta. But I'll also give my honorable mention to Jeff. I think you do have to not give it to him because he is actively, like... Just there to be, I don't want to do this. I don't trust mm-hmm. Pierce for like two-thirds of the episode. And then he yeah. has a couple nice moments at the end. Uh, Britta's involved in that storyline and still comes out looking pretty well. So mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna give it to Britta. And that's it for the week. We did it. Two down, 11 to go. And season dip, five dip, is dip, starting dip, to sound real dip, sweet, dip, isn't dip, it? Dip, that's all, folks. I'm excited for seasons <laughs> five and six. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just because, look, season four isn't offensively bad. This episode isn't offensively bad. It's just okay. It's just that compared to the community that we're used to recapping like this, you remember so, season two, this Zach? Isn't as fun, is it? I remember. But season then again, two. during season two, we were like, it's not fun just to like everything. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe we just are bad at this, and it's not fun. <laughs> I've had fun every single day. I love it that I have not had to do this show with you, Zach. Oh. And I've had fun a couple of the ones that I have too. No, I love it. I love that we do this. It's one of my favorite things I got going. I That's love good. the people who are listening to it. Let's wrap it up. Next week is another point, 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 point stinker. Stinker. Of an episode. <laughs> Next week, we're talking about conventions of time and space, the Inspector Space Time episode. I know neither of us have watched this episode in a little while. Oh, a long time. Do you hate it? Do you dislike it more than you dislike History 101? I don't think so. Okay. But it's been a lot longer since I've seen this one, so I could be surprised. Yeah, I remember not liking this one 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 tiddly bit. I remember even when season four first aired... And I was really cautiously, I was so optimistic, I was so predisposed to like it, even if it was bad, to where I think History 101 and this one, I was like, those are okay, whatever, mm-hmm. okay. I, I didn't like History 101 that much, but I gave them the benefit of the doubt. I remember yeah. next week's just being boring. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun, guys. Write us in your trivia, your favorite funny moment, and your episode MVP for 
conventions of time and space. It's going to be a doozy. I'm looking forward to diving into it. Can't disappoint podcast at gmail.com. Send that shit in. Also, if you like what we do here, want to get all of the extra stuff that we do here, and you want to see whatever might be coming next for us as we start to to close the gap towards the end of community, Patreon is the way to do it. You can support us over at patreon.com slash podcast for a whole lot more of me and Steven. And you get this podcast early every week along with all kinds of other projects we've got going on. And you get to, I don't know, help, help be a little part of the show, which is cool. Steven, where can the people find us? If you want to get at us elsewhere other than Patreon and our Gmail account, I have uh, to you deliver can... this postcard to Taylor. I have a freshly written postcard for, for Patreon Taylor. If you join the $10 tier, you get a, a handwritten community-themed postcard. This is, a re- this is actually kind of fitting for this week's episode. It's The one I'm sending him is a little... You guys won't be able to see it, but it's a design of Troy and Abed and kind of a Calvin and Hobbes style. Oh, that's great. So that's, that's going to be cute. going out to our newest $10 patron, Taylor. So if you want one of these, there's a lot of cool ones. Hit us up. Yeah, if you want to get in on the action with us as well, you can find us over on Twitter, over at You Can't Disappod. We're on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast. And then we are on YouTube and Facebook under the name of the show, You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Mm. It's been Hit fun. us up. DM us. Like our tweets. Tweet at us. Stalk us. Quote us. Find yeah. us. Reply. Hurt us. Catfish and up. just smash that like button and go smash ahead and, and click the bell if you want to get notified for Hit new the bell, videos. Give us that thumbs up. Um, Comment we'll down below. This has been really fun. I love doing this, guys. Uh, find your home safe. Thanks for dialing that dial to the Can't Disappoint a Podcast channel. Uh, your support means the world. I don't know. I'm just trying to. <laughs> Whoa! It does mean a lot. We do love you guys. And now the podcast is over. So from inside the Dreamatorium, Black Lives Matter. They don't just have to work for old rich white men. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. Also special thanks to our sponsors today, Act Trivia and Big Ol' Hambones, Big Ol' Rattlin' Chain. <laughs> Meet us at that Rite Aid. Get yourself some spiders to crunch on. We'll see you all next week. We love you very much. What are your final words for the people? Um, Spooky. Spooky. You're not fooling me, cause I can't see the way you shake and shiver. You know we got a mystery to solve. Oh, Scooby Doo, be ready for your act. Don't hold back. <laughs>